Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. This is Nate Stice on the mic, and I'm joined by fellow Elk County native and Elk County Catholic graduate, Anthony Gerg. Anthony Gerg is a student defensive assistant coach at Ave Maria. He uh, is a 2022 or 2020 graduate rather of Elk County Catholic and he's in his third season at Ave Maria involved with the football program. Anthony, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time in and, and uh, joining me for a call all the way from Florida here. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity you've given me. For sure, man. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the intro, I uh, grew up in Elk County and I believe you're from St. Mary's in particular. Um, how's it been impactful for you growing up there personally and what opportunities um, has Elk County Catholic and the small town and small county of Elk, um, you know, prepared you for and, you know, what's it given you in your life? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, St. Mary's really, and Elk County in general, really, like, made me into the man that I am now. Uh, it really prepared me for life, you know, gave me hard challenges, and I was able to, like, fulfill what I was given. But at the same time, you know, I got really close with a lot of people, and, you know, you develop those communication skills throughout that and football played a big part in that in my life. I mean, it was it was probably my main source of where I got my friends from and stuff like that. And you know, whenever we, uh, whenever you play ball, you kind of come to accept terms like it's man to man, it's man against man. I should say you're, you're fighting against another person. So you know, it really toughened me up from a young age, and it's that's really prepared me for life there as well. You know, I mean, St. Mary's as a whole, you know, the small town vibe, you know you start to miss it once you're away from it. And I've really experienced that a lot, but at the same time, it really does make you appreciate the connections you have in that small town, I guess. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, you know, Ave Maria, not a huge place either. Uh, it's a great place to continue, um, your career, you know, especially if you're looking to form those long-term relationships with, with your teammates, with your classmates, your professors, um, superiors, whatever the case may be. So yeah, man, you know, I, I know it was 20, 22 hour car ride away or whatever it is at a flight, a few flights and stuff, but you know, it probably feels kind of close to, you know, kind of feels like a second home now, I would say, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, it, it definitely has a small town vibe. You know, it's a small Catholic college and a lot of people in town are, are Catholic. And, you know, I'm used to growing up like that. I grew up, I, I, I still am Catholic. I grew up Catholic and still practice. And, you know, with the small town vibe, you know, you get these professors and you've been used to that. Like you've been used to these small classroom sizes and you've been used to being able to be personal with a teacher because that's kind of how you were raised at, in Elk County Catholic in St. Mary's area, you know. And with, I would say, with Ave Maria, you do get a lot more culture here, though. That's the big thing. You, I mean, my roommate my freshman year was from South Miami. You wow. know, really, really deep into Miami with, like, we, we were completely different personalities, I guess. And it was a really culture shock, and I was super naive to that. But I really appreciated that when I came here. Sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, you know, I think when you leave Elk County for the first time in your life or there, Anthony, uh, I think it just kind of hits you. You know, college is usually that first aspect for people. And, you know, sometimes people go on vacation and you don't really get immersed in the culture or different cultures or people that look different than you or may feel different than you. But, you know, college is, is about, you know, those opportunities. And, uh, you know, I, that's kind of when it hit me first as well. So I'm not surprised to, to hear you say that, you know, uh, 
I know that St. Mary's is a little bigger, but pretty much it's the same sort of town, you know, just a few miles away and not much separates us except for some, some wilderness there and stuff. So, no, I totally understand that, man. So um, when did you first start getting into sports uh, and how long have you been playing uh, football in particular? Yeah, so when I was, my dad always put me into sports when I was younger. I remember playing t-ball when I was younger. I remember playing uh, soccer when I was younger. And I got into football and uh, I, I would say flag football when I was about sixth, seventh grade. And I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, me and my dad had built this like entire mythos around football. You know, it's a, it's a man's game. Uh, you know, it's the one place where you can really let out your aggression, let out who you actually are and see if you can stand up to the other men that are doing that exact same thing. And so once I came to Elk County Catholic in seventh, sixth and seventh grade, seventh grade is when the uh, junior high program started. And so, you know, coming from St. Boniface over in Kersey, Pennsylvania, which is an even smaller town than St. Mary's, I essentially made all of my friends that fall through football. And, you know, ever since then, it's kind of just taken off, and I've really grew attached to the game and it was a huge part of who I am today for sure man so you're one of those Kersey people that make that haul over there every day you know uh one of those brave souls those winners can be tough on those back roads going over to St. Mary's I'm not naive to it um you know no that's great man Uh, I didn't realize you were from Kersey you know I apologize that I kind of I missed that um but yeah no that's great going to St. Boniface and you know obviously over to El Catholic now did you play uh tackle football for Stallions or did, did you really uh your first experience playing tackle football was in the seventh grade no, yeah, it was in the seventh grade, so I, I never played Stallions or any junior leagues anywhere, and part of that was just because, you know, my dad wanted to be able to teach how to tackle correctly, how to catch the ball correctly in the right sense. I did the first and ten with El County Catholic because they were teaching the good skills uh, required, but he didn't really trust and believe in t- what, you know, these junior these junior leagues do, putting these little kids in helmets and Personally, I don't either. I think it's a bad idea putting, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 year olds into helmets and having them bump heads with each other. I mean, it's, you're not going to uh, cultivate anything good out of that. But yeah, flag football is where I started. And um, like you said, in seventh grade, I started out in junior high and taken off since then. Yeah, man. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with that take. Um, you know, some some of these programs around here as young as seven years old, you know, in the uh, Tri-County area, I guess you could call it, or some of those other counties that, that border the Tri-County area with Elk County and Jefferson and Clearfield. But no, I, I think seven years old is what they're starting to matter. And, and nine years old when I was first starting as well. Um, I think it's a little bit too young. I'm kind of surprised that I wanted to try football when I was nine. I, I did. Uh, I t- switched back to soccer for, for several years. I uh, got too big for soccer, so it was time to go back to football. But by that time, I was 14, 13, 14, 15, whatever I was. And you're more mature. You can figure things out quicker. And, you know, you actually kind of know what the game of football is by that point. You know, when you're nine, you have no idea. You're just out there running around and <laughs> just having a good old time. You have no idea. So, no, I agree with that take. And, you know, I think it was a good idea for, for you to wait till you were that age as well. And, um, you know, I, I also – I talked to Dom Allegretto. I know that you probably know him and probably played against him over the years. And, and he was the same way. He didn't start till he was in junior high. And I think that it fueled his fire knowing that some of his friends played – and, and, and he didn't get to do that till he was, you know, a young teenager 
Do you think that kind of fueled your fire the first time that you ever suited up in a, in a tackle football game or, or even your first practice even? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, all these guys are talking about uh, playing stallions and all the friend groups already made and saying, oh, we already got the starting spot and stuff like that. And, you know, that really does put a fire in your chest. You know, you really want to work your ass off until you can, uh, you know, get the starting spot, get hit, hit the field, and, you know, that starts at practice. If, if you're at practice and you're working hard, coaches are going to see that. If you're paying attention, listening, you know, using what you're being told, I mean, that's going to play a massive part and you can get on the field. So, you know, that really shaped me to try to be the best person I could become on the field, you know. And that, like I just said, that starts at practice. You, you have to be able to listen well. You have to be proactive and reactive to what the coaches are saying. For sure. Yeah. And now you're on the other side of, <laughs> of being a coach and people don't listen to you. And, you know, it, no, it, no, not at all. <laughs> it's probably uh, it's probably it's probably weird, though, man, because, you know, you're in your early 20s here um, and, and you're you're coaching guys. Some of them are older than you um, and, and uh, some of them are a little the same age or maybe a couple younger. But, um, you know, I want to talk about that dynamic a little bit. Um, it, it, was that tough at first, and has that gotten easier over these three years? You know, what, what do you think of that aspect of, of coaching guys your age, older than you, and a couple that are, are not much uh, younger than you as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something I think about really every day at practice. You know, it's the uh, interactions are a lot more unique than what you're going to have with an older coach. So last year, um, when I first started coaching, I was super not confident about it whatsoever because I, I had that exact same idea, like, half of these guys in coaching are older than me and the rest are either my age or a year younger. So why, why are they going to listen to me? And, you know, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't. And, you know, I'm really glad I got put with the position group I did because they really accepted me and listened to me. And, you know, I do some statistics on the side that they want me to do for them and hide the coaching staff. Uh, I mean, I mean, the coaching staff wants me to do for them. And so they've really seen like what I can bring to the table and they've accepted that but you know on the practice field and stuff like that I can't really I don't know the game as well as these older coaches do so I'm always going through my head like what can I bring to this practice what can I bring to the field today and it's always comes back to the same thing I can bring energy I can bring you know excitement to these this position group and you know make them locked into the game, locked into this practice and be able to go out there and give 110% every practice. That's huge, man. You know, uh, one of those glue guys, those locker room guys, you know, they're irreplaceable. And uh, I can totally kind of relate to the role that you were in. Um, you know, I was a team manager for the Baron basketball team myself, so can kind of understand. Not what wasn't a huge X's and O's guy with them. You know, those guys similar to you just know so much. They've been around it so much. Um, their mind works differently. I mean, some of the some of the players, you know, they knew way more than me, and I even think some of the players seem to know more than some of the coaches at times. I mean, they were incredible. Um, you know, they're just incredible guys, and it was such a privilege to be able to do that with them. And you know, I'm glad that you have that chance to be a part of a you know a college program, help build the culture there to a relatively new program. You know, relatively new college. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for you, man. And you know, uh, you're not unfamiliar to coaching. You know, your dad is a longtime football coach. I believe he was your varsity coach. Um, how's he been influential for you in your life and, and getting into uh, coaching in particular? Oh gosh, he's been my. If there's one like thing that stands out above the rest in terms of how I got into coaching and how I've even gotten into football as general, I mean, it was him. You know, like I said earlier, we've 
when I was younger, we built this entire mythos around this game, you know, the man's game, the gentleman's game is what he used to call it. And we would always watch, you know, this old film together when we were, when I was younger, you know, uh, these old playbooks or these old play styles. And really I became enthralled with it then. And as I grew up, you know, I've kind of figured out what I really like and what I kind of stick to. And, um, you know, with the coaching aspect of it, I, I'm lucky because I have this information about football that other people that might be in my position won't have. I, I've had years and years and years of being able to talk about this stuff, and I can talk intelligently about defense and offense and even special teams at times, you know? I mean, I remember vividly when I was younger, we, right when my dad became the varsity coach for ECC, they went, I think they had a completely losing season. They went 0-9. And so he was looking at old film for a new offense. And that's when he found this old film from about the fifties where it was a single wing football. And that's what ECC has run ever since. That's been their staple. And it kind of became, you know, his love child and even mine to a sense, you know, I, I really became enthralled with it as well. And it was just a, uh, that offense and just learning about football in general became one of my loves because of my dad. That's great, man. And it's funny you talk about that, you know, uh, that when he started uh, becoming the head coach of ECC, I was a junior. Um, so I played against that 0-9 team and, you know, it was unfortunate. But I'll tell you what, what a turnaround the next year. They were, I believe they were 6-0 and to start the season. Um, I believe they made the playoffs, did some really good things, had some really good athletes. And, you know, that, that was a tough offense to, to stop. Um, there's a lot of movement. Um, it's a lot. It takes a lot of discipline for a defense to stop it because there's so much misdirection, fake handoff, um, and and you have so many different backs in the backfield that you never know where the ball is going. And if they're all capable, it's very very difficult to stop. So yeah, man, that was a great that was a great move by him. And you know, obviously ECC's had some great success pretty much ever since ever since that first season. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's great. I'm glad that he uh, looked back. And you know, it's not a traditional offense today, but uh, you know, it's it's still football and. You know, it's I don't know if, if you're old enough to remember, but uh, Kerwinsville used to run the power eye. And, you know, sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes they would just run the same play four times in a row and say, it's coming at you. And if, if you can't stop it, then too bad because it's coming. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, I remember being a uh, water boy for El County right when my dad started. And I remember the 0-9 season. I remember the seasons after that. And always the games that would always stick out in my mind were the Kerwinsville games. Because I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, they're just like us. You know, they're ground the ball, you know, run the ball 45 times a game. And they had a really good back, I remember, when I was younger. Um, Nate Nate Stewart, I think was his name? Yeah, Nick Stewart. Yep, he went to Mercy. Nick Stewart, yeah. Nick Stewart, yeah. And he he was a very, very good back, and he was able to run that offense and run the ball to perfection in that offense. And, I mean, I I give them a lot of respect just because – we, we had similar play styles and I know that was my dad gave them a lot of respect too because it takes a lot of guts to run a like 70 style offense and same with us a 60 style offense right. in this day and age just because yeah people aren't used to it but everyone's got the tricks on how they can beat it so right. it, it's one of those things where it's just you know it's a respect thing it, you, you give the other guy respect for running the kind of offense that they do 
For sure. And uh, to get Coach Ivanko's uh, respect is huge. Um, he was a football legend, a, a wonderful coach, a wonderful man. Um, <laughs> you know, so definitely getting the respect of Coach Ivanko before he passed away, you know, a few years ago was huge. And, you know, I'm sure your dad got to call him a friend um, over those years as well. And, you know, uh, definitely a great program there. They've changed their style. They're a little bit more passing now in Kerwinsville. Uh, but needless to say, uh, they had amazing success there for so many years running that offense. And, and Oak has had similar success running their respective offense as well but definitely some uh some similarities there so um it, it, you know coaching in football is this what you want to do for a living is this why you're jumping into this and uh how, how do you bring physics your major into this equation here so i don't think it's i'm, I'm gonna eventually end up doing this you know as a full time it's it's a passion thing for me, just okay. like how it was for my dad and all the coaches i've ever been around when I was younger, it's a, it's a passion thing. You do it because you love the game. And you do it because you love the people that play the game and the people that are involved in the game. You know, I, I treat these guys on this team and my high school teams all like my brothers. And I'll, I'll, I'll always be there for anything. I'll always be there if they need anything, you know. And, you know, physics hopefully is going to eventually become my full-time job. But it's nice to know that I could do this if I needed to as a profession, even though it's my passion. I, I could eventually end up doing this. And I don't know where time's going to take me. I don't know where I'm going to be at five years down the road. Maybe I will be a coach at a high school, college level. Or maybe I'll be doing, uh, using my degree physics as a, as a job, and I'll be doing this on the side, or I might not be involved with football at all. But I, I know in my heart I'm going to be involved with football. So it's one of those things where I'm going to volunteer wherever I can, you know, whether that's coaching, whether that's filming for a team, whether that's, doing whatever they really need you know i'm, I'm going to be involved with that as much as i can yeah man i hear you no that's great um with, with your degree what do you think you want to do i mean if you're doing stats for ave maria i mean that that's not easy um and you know not everybody can do that and look at those metrics i mean sports have become so much metric based and that's great in, in a lot of ways i mean there's some negatives to it but there's a, a lot of things that the stats do tell you and the metrics do tell you um mm -hmm. what do you want to do for your career um what made you pick uh, a physics degree in particular yeah so Hopefully, I'll be graduating this August. I'll be graduating in three years. So oh, wow. Hopefully, I'll be graduating then. But I'm look, I'm really keeping my doors open. You know, I'm really, I'm looking at um, PhD school or master's school as well as I'm, I'm still going to be applying to jobs. So whatever the best offer is I'm going to get, I'm most likely going to take that, whether that is a PhD uh, schooling or whether that is a, you know, entry-level job. But, um, yeah, with football and stuff like that, with the with statistics you were saying, you know, I agree with you what you said that there's a lot of negatives to that, but at the same time, there's a lot of positives to it. You know, it, it really helps the coaches see it in a clear light. I know the coach I'm under right now, he's a, he's a uh, older gentleman. He's from, you know, he played for Wayne State in the 70s, and he's been coaching. He's been at Notre Dame, Illinois, Cincinnati. And it's the first time he's ever seen metrics like I use and metrics that, you know, really show you for what it is shows you what the defense does what the play calls do for what it is and and i know that he's seen that contribution and he really appreciates it to the point where i do a lot of stuff for him weekly now at this point and it's really good but yeah with with um physics you know i just hopefully hopefully I, it will lead me in a good place you know and i think you said the reason why i got into physics yes that's the other part of the yes question? for sure yeah yeah so 
I think junior year of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Okay. And so me and, me and some buddies wanted to take physics as a uh, science. You know, I was science-minded. I knew I was going to go into STEM. And we had a fantastic teacher who really, really explained it to us in a logical sense, in a, in a way that we can understand as high school students. And from that point, I really fell in love with it. And it's one of those things where I just have a knack for it. I'm really good at it. And so I've, I've kind of accepted it. And it's turned into a passion, but just like football. It turned into a passion just like football, I should say. But this is more lucrative in today's world and society. So, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do physics. But, uh, yeah. Oh, it's good, man. Um, you know, you're you're very fortunate to be blessed with that uh, with that mind, that STEM mind. Uh, it's it's so important today. You know, all those different fields are growing exponentially, and um, you know, I, I wish I would have had those 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 genes and maybe a little bit more patience to kind of learn this stuff. But no, it's great, man. You know, there's there's so many different ways you can take your career, and you know, who knows? Maybe you'll find a way to incorporate it into sports. Maybe you'll um, you know continue and and be a professor one day if you're thinking about continuing in academia, uh, or maybe Maybe you'll take your academic knowledge that you continue with and, and go back into industry or, or whatever it may be. You know, there's so many options and truly the world is yours, man. You know, you'll figure it out at your own pace, at your own time and through your own experiences. You know, it's it's tough to, you know, sit here and ask everybody, you know, what's your plan? What's your plan? Well, p- people pivot in life and things happen. So we'll see what happens for you, man. You know, you got a great degree and you're at a great school. So, you know, that's a that's a leg up, though. You know, that's, that's what you can say about that. So, um, yeah. What can you say about El County Catholic? You know, I, this is what this is my perception of it. Um, your teams always weren't the biggest. I mean, you had some big dudes. You know, Joe Kaczynski comes to mind. Um, you know, he, he's a huge guy. But um, when I think of ECC football, I think of gutsy, gutsy teams, grind, grinder sort of teams. Um, you know, what do you think of that uh, sort of analogy? And you know, uh, what are those memories playing for teams like that kind of mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head you know that's what i think of when i think of ecc football as well you know you know teams that will grind it out to the fourth quarter you know that are going to play with some guts you know you have going to have these little guys that have a lot of heart that are going to play myself included in that uh, dimension but yeah i mean playing against other teams that were like that too you know those were the best games you know like i said the carinzo games you know they were gutsy when they were in the power eye and that's what made them such classics i mean two teams that have similar mindsets and similar play styles with not the biggest teams in the world, you know, going against each other. I mean, it was fun to watch football, you know, and I mean, I'm sure you could say that when I played as well, you know, I can't say it for myself because I was on the field, but, you know, watching those games, you know, there might not be the most exciting games to watch, but if you know what you're looking at, I mean, it's going to be an extremely fun game to watch. Right. Kind of the purest, uh, you know, the the defensive purists and the the offensive kind of ground and pound purists, they love it. You know, those are that's their style. And, you know, a, a lot of the NFL, you know, especially in, in, in college, too, in some in some ways, it's kind of been a lost art to run the football. Um, you know, you have teams that throw it 50 times a game and they're very successful and heck, they've won Super Bowls doing it. Um, but I will say there's nothing more defeating and nothing 
I think there's few things in football more exciting than um, seeing a team that can run the ball and get three to five yards a clip and just take it right down the field for eight to ten minutes and just suck all the life out of you know the offense that's on the sideline and just make the defense huff and puff for eight minutes and struggle. You know, I think that's such a you know it's such a huge part of, of football. Um, it, it just kind of takes the wind out of their sails, you know. And uh, I think that's kind of almost a lost art in in some of the ways that football is being played now, but. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways to play this game. Not one is necessarily uh, right or wrong, but it's all about the end result and what the scoreboard says at the end. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I guess I'm kind of old school too, growing up in Elk County. I think that's how it is, you know, uh, running the wing tee. Uh, yeah. Totally get it too. You know, kind of the ground and pound. A little bit of air, a little bit of air mail, but not as much as um, maybe it could have been at times. You know, I don't know, but uh, it's a conversation for another time. So uh, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know about Ave Maria and what sold you in particular on it, and you know how did you find this itty bitty school uh, twenty hours away from where you grew up? You know, I, I really got lucky with the offer I got from Ave Maria is because my running back, my senior year, Stephen Bobby, who was on one of your podcasts, right. he decided he wanted to look at the school, and I and I remember looking at it before that, but I wasn't really sold on it before that uh, date. And so me, my dad, and Stephen come down here, and we're looking around the campus, and like this is a very nice campus for being such a new, newer school. And we got to meet with the head football coach, who was also the AD. And before he even talked to Stephen or my uh, dad, he was like, "All right, what do you want to do with this program?" I'm like, "I was just along for the, I was just along for the ride, but you know, I, I was going to plan on volunteering somewhere." And he's like, "I'll tell you what, I'll offer you scholarship." on the spot to be a manager and if you do that we'll hopefully move you up to a coach eventually and I kind of looked at Stephen and my dad I'm like I can't really pass up that deal and so you know later that year I finally you know signed and actually they sent me a letter of intent you know coming here saying that I will I will um be a manager down here and it was just one of those things out of the blue where I, the name just kept popping up in conversation when I was in high school. Uh, my dad got, my dad saw it online. Um, my grandparents had a house down here. They talked about it. So that's kind of how we found out about it. And that's kind of how I got down here. Wow, man. Talk about right place at the right time, right? <laughs> that's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's great. And you know, those opportunities, you know, you kind of just go, I, I, I guess I'll do this. And then you just kind of figure out the rest later. And, you know, you surely have, you work your way up and, you know, you become a, like a, a glue guy, you know, and, and an important part of the defense and a part, important part of the, you know, kind of the statistical and, you know, metric breakdown for Ave Maria, which is huge, man. And, uh, and it's definitely awesome that you got the connection. Your grandparents probably can come see some of the games, hopefully. And, you know, that's, that's huge, man. You know, I'm glad that this worked out for you, you know, uh, like I said on the the podcast with Stephen Bobby, uh, another Ridgeway guy, uh, it's definitely such a random thing that you both kind of went there, um, but you've both made the most of this opportunity. And uh, you know about about Ave Maria in particular, it's just so crazy how this place is kind of shaken out and moved in. You know, truly from Michigan all the way down to to Florida, and 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 what's happening around it. You know, it, you're building a whole community around this college, and you know the college 
is one of the best in the entire country for, you know, for your dollar, um, you know, and that's pretty impressive for a school that's only been around, I believe, less than two decades, you know, so obviously yeah. something pretty special is going on down there. What do you think is is able to make Ave Maria like that so so quickly with, with all these established schools that have been around for truly like so much, so long. I mean, some schools have probably been around 200 years or, or so. It, you know, some of these elite schools started up in the New England uh, area, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest draws here is it's Catholic identity. I mean, for a lot of people out there, it's really appealing. But as well, one of the big things is that it feels like a small town. And I'm sure that just doesn't apply to me. I know I've talked to a lot of my friends and they say, yeah, this has a small town feel to this. It just feels like back where I'm from. You know, all, the, all these guys that are from small towns, they really enjoy it here just because they don't feel like they're out of their element. They feel comfortable. They feel confident in this atmosphere. And I know for me, you know, like I said, St. Mary's is small town Catholic and Ave Maria is small town Catholic. And there's a lot of like-minded individuals here that, I can talk to and have intelligent conversation with without having to worry about if I'll be judged on the views and ideas that I have. Sure. Absolutely. That's huge. It's huge to feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, also it's not entirely the same comfortable too, because you're so far away from home. So you're uncomfortable one sense, but you're also uncomfortable in another, which is, I'm sure has been great for, uh, you know, being able to grow over these last, you know, three years and, you know, uh, that's huge, man. So uh, you pretty much only have like two semesters left. You got the rest of this one, and then and then two more. Um, how are how are you able to graduate so quickly? Have you taken summer classes? Have you just packed in your semesters, even though you're you're coaching football? Like, what's been key for you in getting out of there so early? Yeah, so I, I would say the biggest thing for me was taking uh, in high school dual enrollment and AP classes. Okay. That really um, affected how my college plan laid out because I came in with 16 credits and that was absolutely huge for me, you know? And last semester, my teacher said, you know, you can graduate in three years if you really want to. And I'm like, I, I didn't really even know that I had that opportunity. And he's like, if you take two, uh, four, four summer courses to this summer to next summer, you could graduate in August of 2023. And I'm like, that sounds like an absolutely great deal, you know, graduating in three years. That gets me more time to get out in the world, do what I want. That gets me, you know, a little bit ahead of the curve, you could say. And, you know, I'll be, and I will be graduating in August of 2023. You know, I have this semester and then two summer classes and I'll be done. And wherever the world takes you from there, who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. Good for you, man. You know, coming in with what one whole semester done, um, and maybe a little bit extra in, in some senses. That's huge, you know, and it's going to save you a lot of money, a lot of time, and open up your options for whatever comes next for you. So, yeah, good for you, man. That's great, and it's impressive that you're able to do that while staying committed to this program, fighting through uh, a new place, fighting through uh, starting college during COVID, peak COVID, uh, going through it, you know in part of your second year of college too. So yeah, man, it's great that you kind of had that discipline and definitely something I think that you, you got from, from El County Catholic and St. Boniface and, you know, stuff like that. So um, who are some of your favorite football teams and players? You know, who, who do you root for on Saturdays and Sundays? Obviously you're rooting for Ave Maria, but um, we're talking, you know, division one NCAA level. I'm sure you, you know, have a team that you root for. And then how about in the NFL as well? Yeah. So NFL, you know, I'm, Always going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler guy. Just 
where I'm <laughs> where I'm from and what what I was taught, you know, the ground and pound uh, kind of offense from the 2000s with Le'Veon Bell, you know, and Big Ben and, you know, fantastic offensive line that they had throughout those years. But uh, on the college level, you know, I, I don't really have a favorite team besides Notre Dame. And even if I do root for them, I'm still going to root for other teams as well. You know, I have teams I enjoy watching like TCU, Old Miss, um, some of these smaller no-name schools, uh, Bowling Green, Marshall, and, you know, college football, I really watch just to enjoy the game. You know, it's, sure. it's football at its purest form. And so while I do have a favorite team, Notre Dame, you know, I, I'm watching the game and I'm not going to really pick sides. Whoever sure. plays the better game should win the game. It shouldn't come down to a last, you know, last second Hail Mary. And unfortunately it does sometimes, but, right. you know, it college football is one of those special things where you have these young men that don't really know what they want to do with their lives yet. You know, they got these offers from these fantastic schools to give them the opportunity to do that for free. And you're watching them, you know, live out their dreams from what they maybe had from a child of playing collegiate football and trying to get to the NFL. And, you know, the coaches really helped them with that. And I, I just, I just think it's at its purest form, you know. I, I, that's really all I have to say about college football. For sure, man. No, I agree. Uh, just don't let Aaron Rodgers know about your Hail Mary uh, sort of take there because he, he'd beg to differ. He's won several games on those sort of things. But, uh, no, it's great, man. H- have you had the chance to go to Notre Dame? Uh, I just did a couple weeks ago, and it was truly the experience of a lifetime, even if I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Uh, just a special atmosphere in South Bend. Have you ever had the chance to go out? No, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to South Bend. I have a few friends that uh, go to school there that, you know, there are friends through friends at Ave Maria that sure. just absolutely love it. And they think it's just one of the best places. And, you know, one of these days I'm eventually going to, you know, bite the bullet, get a, game, a ticket to a game and fly out there and just enjoy it. But no, I haven't had the chance, unfortunately. It's a it's a bucket list item, man. I'm telling you, um, if you're a football fan, you'll you'll love the environment. Um if you've been to a Penn State game, it's not quite, it's not quite the same atmosphere, but it's very similar. Um, you know, I obviously I'm biased for Penn State; it's where I went and stuff. But um, just not quite as many people. But I'm telling you, there's just a, a different aura, and it's and it's in a great way. I mean, it in the highest, you know, most respectful way. There's such an aura there, such a great feeling you get from going into a game there. I unfortunately picked one of the worst games to go to. I went to the Notre Dame Stanford game, so. Uh, that was kind of a tough one to, to watch there. Uh, just kind of a struggle all the way around, but something I'll never, ever forget and never, ever take for granted going to, to one of those uh, Notre Dame football games. But how about favorite players? You know, who, who, do you, who did you, you know, like growing up in particular? And maybe who do you like watching now uh, in, today's, in today's college football and today's NFL as well? Yeah, you know, and, you know, the NFL is what, you know, the players that I usually think of when I think of, um, you know, past and active players. So the one I kind of, when I was growing up, was it actually an older running back that I never really got to watch, but I got to watch old film on him and, you know, his highlights off of YouTube was um, Robert Briggs. Uh, yeah, not Rob, uh, John Riggins, my bad. John Riggins. And he, uh, you know, running back for the Redskins, number 44. Yep. He's in the Hall of Fame now. And, you know, that's kind of when I knew what kind of offense, if I ever got to run, I would run, you know, ground and pound, you know, give it to the big back and get let him get four or five yards of carry and, 
you know, he was a country boy, all that kind of stuff. And it was really just, he has an interesting, uh, I guess, uh, story to him. And in today's NFL, I would say, you know, I, I love watching Derrick Henry and I love watching um, these bigger receivers like Mike Williams go up and get the ball. I mean, to me, that's one of the most exciting things in football is when a receiver mosses a defensive back. You know, that's one of the coolest things you can do, and that's one of the most athletic things you can do on the field. And so, you know, I think of the old Julio Jones, you know, Mike Williams today, tight ends like uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey doing what they do. You know, those guys are exciting to watch for me. You know, that's, that's kind of players that... I guess epitomize what the game is to me, at least. I totally agree. I was going to say you better say Derrick Henry if we're going to say Riggins because that's like today's Riggins, man. And last week yeah. he was running all over the place. The Houston Texans had absolutely no answer for him, and uh, I hope he keeps it up because he's on my fantasy team. And he is just <laughs> he's just a, an absolute workhorse. Um, he he doesn't fit the mold of today's uh, split backfield NFL or the the pass catching back NFL, but. I'll tell you what, if you're 6'3", 6'4", 250 pounds, and you can run, and you're fearless, you're going to be successful on, 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 uh, in, in most cases, and certainly he, he fits that mold, but uh, I don't think there's many that are cut from the same cloth that Derrick Henry is. You know, Otherwise, the league would be filled with him, and it's not. So um, hopefully we get a few more like that over these years because he is, he is truly a pleasure to watch. Uh, he's something different, yeah. man. He really is. So. Um, people in your life, you know, we talked about a lot of them, but want to know who are some of those you want to give a special shout out to for inspiring your football dreams, um, helping you in your academic life, your, you know, your, your faith, your spiritual life, um, all those good things, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would say in terms of my football life, you know, as I've said before, my dad and everyone in my family who's really supported me as well as the guys in the grades above me, uh, I think of uh, Alex Brindle, Ryan Fritz, Hunter Kashmir, um, and the grade with me. I think of all the seniors that I was with, so Jared Emmert, Stephen Bobby, Johnny Whitman, Leo Gregory, and um, you know the guys below me that I got to kind of bring up and for the love of the game and for the love of the game, you know. Um, I think of the Shots boys, uh, Brian and Ryan, and Sam Cole, and those guys that really uh, epitomize what. Uh, ECC football was Jake Parrish. Uh, in terms of Ave Maria football, that really, you know, helped me throughout my life. You know, I would say some, there's some guys down here that's really accepted me. You know, I think of um, AJ Major, who is on the D line with me. Uh, Shane O'Brien, who's my roommate. Colson, Mier- Colson Mueller and Jose Fernandez, who are my roommates uh, now. Um, I think of you know all of my coaching staff. That's huge for me. In terms of my academic life, you know. I have to give my mom a shout out there. You know, she taught me the right and wrong ways to study, the right and wrong ways to go about a classroom, as well as all my teachers throughout my life, you know. Without them, none of this would have been possible for me, uh, giving me the knowledge that I have now. And just anyone else that really want to shout out, I'm trying to think. I think that's it for me, you know. I think I think that's a, that's all I have to say in terms of shout outs. That's a pretty good list, man. You know, if you got that many good people in your life, it's huge. Um, you know, as long as someone has got one good person, that's all that matters. And you got several. So that's, that's, that's amazing, man. Um, yeah, definitely great. You've met some, some brothers for life down in Ave Maria, some great coaches, um, great administrators. Um, and then obviously your, your family back home, definitely really good stuff. All those guys you, you named for El County Catholic, I either know them 
pretty well or at least know their names and, and could say hi to them in passing. But, yeah, you mentioned some really good guys in that group, um, you know, in the grade above you, the year grade, and the grade below you. Um, all are doing pretty well for the most part. And, I mean, heck, it, it's kind of strange. I think a lot of them are seem to be going for – at least a few of them going for STEM fields, you know, Stephen in, in nursing and I believe Leo's in engineering and maybe John as well. So, yeah, I mean, you guys definitely have that in common as well, kind of – your mind's working the STEM way and lucky old you guys because uh, oh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you guys are going to do well for yourselves and that's great, man. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Absolutely, man. This was the latest episode of the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. You just heard from Anthony Gerg. Anthony, thanks a lot for joining, man. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely.